You're listening to the ACOG District 2 podcast series, Let's Connect, where we create connections with our patients, our communities, and each other. Hi, I'm Dr. Ashonda St. John, and I am pleased to serve as the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusive Excellence Advisor for ACOG District 2. On today's episode of Let's Connect, our new roundtable discussion format, we are happy to talk about what one institution is doing to combat racial disparities in maternal health. Racial disparities in maternal health has become a public health crisis and priority, being addressed in different ways across the country, but especially statewide. In New York City, at the NYU Grossman School of Medicine, a medical student elective was created to explore the needs of the underserved and racial disparities through a health equity lens. Understanding barriers to healthcare access and learning the impact of social determinants of health allows our future clinicians to care for patients with empathy, compassion, and thoughtfulness. In this unique clinical elective, medical students are given the opportunity to care for marginalized, incarcerated communities, as well as those with unstable housing who reside in homeless shelters. Students travel to Rikers Island in New York City, one of the world's largest correctional and mental facilities. The island expands across 413 acres and houses 10,000 inmates daily. Rikers Island has an annual budget of $860 million, and that is to manage over 100,000 admissions per year. So let's find out more about this elective from its creators. We have Dr. Willis and Dr. Sai from NYU Langone in Brooklyn, and also one of the students that has participated. Lauren with us today. So we're going to start off with um, Dr. Sai. Would you please introduce yourself? Yes, good afternoon. <clears throat> Thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Ming Tsai. I'm the chief of service of OBGYN department at NYU Langone Hospital, Brooklyn. And uh, we are all serving as a faculty as a NYU Grossman um, <clears throat> School of Medicine. Thank you so much, Dr. Sai, and it's such a pleasure to have you here with us. And Dr. Valeka Willis, please introduce yourself. Sure, thank you so much for having us and hosting us. Um, I'm Dr. Valeka Willis. I am an OBGYN and one of the obstetrical patient safety officers at NYU Langone, Brooklyn. And I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Willis. And our medical student who is with us today, Lauren, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Hi, thank you so much for having us. My name is Lauren Jacobowitz. I'm a fourth year medical student at NYU School of Medicine. Um, and upon graduation next month, I'll be starting my residency at Montefiore Medical Center. So I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you for having us. 
Congratulations, Lauren. All right, let's just jump into it. So I've heard about the incredible work you're doing at NYU Grossman School of Medicine to address the racial disparities that exist in women's health in New York City. Black women are nine times more likely to die in childbirth than their white counterparts, but only make up 15% of birthing people. And I just want to note that the New York State Department of Health released their Maternal Mortality Review Board Report. So again, this is very poignant that we're having this conversation. So please tell me about the student elective, this rotation that was created, and why it was created. Again, thank you so much for hosting us to talk about, yes, this really incredible and, and novel elective that we started at NYU School of Medicine. Um, you're absolutely correct in that inequities in healthcare and healthcare disparities plague the American healthcare system. That's um, obvious. And I'm sure each of us can recount a time or experience which it was so glaring and, and heartbreaking and key medical professional organizations like the ACGME recommend training for healthcare professionals in the broad issues of healthcare disparities. Um, in the United States alone, uh, United States is projected to be nearly half populated by minorities by 2050. Persons in vulnerable social class, race, lower socioeconomic status, and other marginalized groups like those in prison and, and places like that have the highest burden of healthcare inequality. Uh, I am unaware of any curricula out there currently, especially in women's health, that instructs medical students on recognizing and reducing healthcare disparities, both with didactics, small group discussions, and clinical practice within the community. So this elective was formed kind of based on, on, on that premise. And in this elective, medical students are going to be rotating through um, for a month through the Family Health Centers, the Community Medicine Program for Women's Homeless Health Care, and prison health clinics, as well as participate in didactic activities and small group discussions, exploring just the multifactorial ideology of healthcare disparities and the multiple solutions and, you know, required to help eliminate them. Um, and that's really our focus on like creating this elective. Very impressive, bravo. You know, these are really important initiatives that must happen for us to properly train the next generation of medical care providers. So understanding this call of action and addressing the social determinants of health for black indigenous people of color, BIPOC, birthing people, did you, you know, encounter any difficulties or challenges in planning this elective? Oh, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of moving parts, especially since some of the locations are not managed by NYU. So combine that with the challenges that COVID introduced, including delays in locations opening or being able to host students um, or even the risk of some locations having to close. Uh, so just that combination there, we definitely encountered some challenges, but we are currently, you know, constantly developing workarounds and negotiating alternative options and kind of, you know, making it work. I just want to add one point, if I may. <clears throat> yeah, and I echo what uh, Baleka have said. It was very challenging, especially amid the pandemic. And do you think that uh, everything is difficult and you, <laughs> you have to multiply by 10 mm -hmm. uh, during the pandemic with uh, uh, coronavirus, obviously. And uh, I think another um, great concern, you know, uh, 
in uh, amid the Riker crisis is that everyone is concerning about the safety of the student. When you send a student to the Riker, uh, is that going to be uh, safe? And so we, we have that question asked by our chair and also the School of Medicine. And myself and Veleka, we actually visit the place to ensure that uh, <clears throat> the safety was the, the highest priority on, on this case. And, and luckily, uh, they actually have uh, previously have a rotation of the student um, and, and some nursing and PA student there. So this would make it easier. Even we were concerned about transportation. How can we have the student, where do they park? And are they allowed to drive into the prison? Because it's such a long distance, but they have all figured out for us. And also, you know, we were very impressed by the facility, by the safety, and also they have a very organized structure uh, in place. So, so we're very lucky to see that. And, uh, and, and I think that was uh, the same thing with uh, shelter clinic, which is uh, a little bit challenging during the pandemic. And also, um, Belak and myself also visit the place to ensure that the safety come first. Absolutely. You know, it's really, it's really good to hear that you are really focusing on marginalized communities, especially those that are incarcerated and those who have unstable housing. And so I think this is just a tremendous effort that you're putting forth that will really change what it means to practice medicine, but also for our medical students who are gonna be our future physicians, how they can care for patients through an empathetic lens. So thank you for doing what you're doing. And then I want to just say, how do you really see that this will impact future clinicians, providers, and leaders? So I definitely see the elective improving provider attitudes, knowledge, and skill set regarding multiple issues surrounding healthcare disparities and systemic causes of it. And I also think it will help create future leaders with an interest in clinical and advocacy skills aimed at helping to reduce systemic causes of these healthcare disparities. And again, like you mentioned prior, just um, kind of educating our future physicians and clinicians to kind of take the torch and move forward is, is really the goal of this. And um, hopefully, I, I hope this is what happens going forward. Now, Lauren, we got to get you in the conversation. Um, our fourth year medical student who has completed this elective. Um, can you just tell us, Lauren, how has this elective contributed to your clinical education? I would definitely say that this was one of the best electives that I did during my medical school experience. I would say particularly the experience working at Rikers is probably one of the most unique things I'll do in my entire life, likely. Um, and, you know, I think that beyond just being able to work in marginalized communities and meeting with the patients, things like that, another great strength of the elective was um, how it was structured and that it really promoted my own reflection on what I was seeing. Um, because, you know, you can see patients that have various challenges related to their um, socioeconomic status, but you can become so, you know, overwhelmed with the medicine of it, especially as a medical student and not focus on the social aspects that are affecting this patient's care. And I felt that having, you know, the weekly didactics and small group discussions really made me with every single patient I saw every single day, think about where are they coming from? Who is this patient in front of me? What's affecting them? Um, 
And in a way that, of course, I could have done this with all the patients I've seen throughout all of medical school, but without having that um, that small group type of structure to really nurture that, um, it's a little bit more challenging. And I felt like doing this elective, in addition to working with these marginalized communities, really taught me to reflect and to take each patient in front of me and really consider their social circumstance and what can be done about it, which was a really fantastic experience. That's tremendous, Lauren. And, you know, it's truly going to the point of underserved, right, is people who are incarcerated, people who need that additional support and help. So, again, given the experience that you've had, would you recommend it to your peers? Most certainly. I've already recommended it to, you know, um, some fourth years who hadn't picked all their electives yet and also to some third years that I worked with. Um, I think one of them's actually doing it in a few months. Um, but I, you know, told everyone about it. And also everyone was always so eager to hear about my experience because it was so unique and different from what most um, clinical electives are. And so I found that, you know, even if I talked about it during residency, residency interviews and things like that, everyone was always so interested to hear about the experience. And I was so happy to share um, and really recommended it to anyone who would listen who had, you know, an interest in women's health or health disparities in general, even if they were planning on going into something else besides um, OBGYN, I really would recommend it to everyone. Well, and you know, one of the essence of medical school and also our training is kind of putting patient-centered care at the forefront. And so how has this contributed to your view of patient-centered care? Yeah, so kind of as I was saying earlier, I feel like what it really did was encourage me to, in addition to seeing the medical needs of every patient, take that step back with every patient I encounter and really think about who this who this person is, not just as a patient, but who is this person in front of me? What are the challenges they have? And how can I, you know, as a healthcare provider, do anything to help that, even if that's just giving them a space where they can tell me about their social circumstance, or if that's connecting them to any resources that I know of or things like social work, but um, really just kind of reframing the way that I see patients to be exclusively medicine-based, to now be kind of hand-in-hand of focusing, of course, on their medical needs, but in addition, addressing their social needs and really learning who the person is in front of me and what I can do for them. So Lauren, I want you to just give us a, you know, allow us to really capture your experience. So give me like, what was a model day when you were serving patients at Rikers Island? Can you just describe it for us? Yeah. So my Rikers experience was amazing. Um, you know, the day started off pretty early because as Dr. Um, Dr. Wells and Dr. Sai said, it was quite a commute to get there. So I, um, you know, took the bus all the way through Queens, which that itself was also interesting. It's a community I don't really get into normally. Um, so I got to really be literally from start to finish on one bus every day, um, the whole route and you know see the community around there even though that wasn't the population I was working with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to Rikers Island, I met my preceptor We and she drove me um, over the bridge from Queens onto Rikers Island. Um, and then, you know, of course we went through security and then we spent the day seeing seeing any patient who walked in the door. And so we were really seeing them for a a large variety of issues. Um, But it was really interesting to see 
how all of the patients were so grateful to be there and were so appreciative of the care that we were able to provide for them. Lots of these patients, you know, outside of Rikers Island because of their social circumstance don't necessarily receive good health care. So ironically, they were receiving some of their best health care while they were there. And it was such a privilege to be able to be a part of that. Um, and then also just learning about what their lives were like and what their day-to-day life is like in Rikers and seeing how that then affects their health um, was a really great insight into um, what life is like for incarcerated people. Um, and then, yeah, then, you know, we would do the typical things like writing notes and putting in prescriptions, stuff like that, like any other clinic, um, except, you know, we were the whole time in, you know, like in a jail, which was really interesting because it at times felt like a very normal day. And then you would look around and there are security guards everywhere. And, you know, there are gates that you actually get through. Um, So it was a really fantastic way to see both how these patients' lives are affected by social determinants of health, both while they're incarcerated, as well as on the outside and how those two interplay. Um, And then I would, you know, end my day by driving off the island and taking the bus back to to my kind of normal life, which was also a very interesting thing of seeing how I'm able to leave Rikers at the end of every day. But, you know, the patients that I was seeing are not leaving. They're there um, and they're staying there for however long their sentence is. So it was also kind of really makes you realize your privilege when you get to leave um, and you realize that the patients that you just saw don't get to leave. So really what we're talking about is pushing the needle forward, creating transformative medical school education and curriculum, which is gonna really enhance the learning of our students and our future leaders. So, wow, Lauren, I'm blown away by that experience and that description because you know we all wonder what, what is it like? So, you know, what you really said is that it's, like a, a, like a clinic, but it's, you know, a different place. And so that kind of tells us that all of our patients are the same and they all deserve respectful care and um, healthcare equity and access as well. So I want to get back to Dr. Willis and Dr. Sai hearing about this elective and how tremendously important it is. How do you plan on expanding this elective? So that's a very good question, right? And uh, and I think one thing that uh, uh, Valeka has been meeting with all the medical students to collect the feedback. And uh, I was blown away to hear what Lauren just described. And this is actually uh, so enriching experience. And I'm pretty sure uh, maybe once in the lifetime, because when, when we visit the Riker also, uh, I was very impressed in different way. Um, and the intent for this is actually to provide a very unique experience for the medical student. And also nowadays we talk about inequity. Um, and, and, and you can see that in every publication, every single uh, metric that we're collecting in a hospital, we are asked the question, uh, where is the equity metrics here, right? So um, how can we educate the next generation to uh, kind of embrace the, in, uh, the equity of health and also to make significant change. So I think the first step is for them to get exposure, to learn about this patient ex- uh, population. And the reason why uh, it was chosen uh, um, in prison patient and also homeless patient, because they're 
very, very unique uh, in a different way. Um, first of all, they're marginalized and, uh, and usually their health care was neglected for a different way, it's restricted. Um, and also their disease prevalence is very, very different. And sometimes we don't see that. And come back to the first question that you asked about uh, uh, the black mother's uh, mortality is highest as nighttime than the general population. And uh, if you analyze those patient population that Lauren just visited, it's disproportionately higher in the black woman and also immigrant. Um, and we do believe that this is provide a very unique experience for them to um, start learning about the true inequity. And this is, might be the extreme of the inequity. And also I think the most important part is the compassion. I think um, from what Lauren has described, I can see a lot of empathy and compassion there. And this is something that we want to cultivate in medical student. I think without that, you can never be a good doctor and without that compassion, I don't think that the future leader can be engaging in changing the world, uh, working toward a more equitable uh, um, healthcare system. And, uh, and uh, yes, uh, we already have a plan um, um, to probably incorporate uh, the LGBTQ. Uh, we are starting a clinic in gender medicine in our uh, family health center, which is in the future when this, um, we, we're working on the detail and uh, this might be definitely incorporated in this rotation. So another uh, kind of sort of like a marginalized uh, population, but in a very different way. And also they have their challenge and also have their uh, prevalent disease, which is very different from the general population and where the medical student can learn about hormonal replacement, can learn about gender specific disease. And I think that's going to be very, very uh, important for that. And obviously every elective is a great idea for a medical school curriculum. Um, I served uh, for two years as a cursor director for NYU School of Medicine and uh, NYU uh, Grossman uh, School of Medicine actually very innovative in a sense, they're constantly innovating their curriculum to ensure that it's up to date with the reality. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the leadership and also uh, the education dean, uh, they're also very enthusiastic about the idea of this uh, elective rotation. We already received uh, 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 a lot of support from them and also uh, I think there are going to be uh, a lot of good conversation about um, maybe having this as part of the curriculum for all the medical students. And obviously this required a lot of approval. And another thing that's very interesting uh, beside medical education, we have um, getting a lot of inquiry about sending the residents uh, or attending actually to the same rotation but currently we're still planning in a pilot mode because we want to make sure that everything go well before we can um, uh, increase the number and access and also uh, setting up a structure uh, for a different learner. So this is the, uh, more to come. 
Yeah. Yes. Piggybacking on that. Yes. More to come. (laughs) Well, I have to say bravo. I think that what you guys are doing are creating leaders that will lead with empathy and compassion and have a patient-centered approach. And I think that this is what is needed. And this is one way we can address, you know, um, the social determinants of health and healthcare um, inequity and, and racial disparities. So I am so grateful that all of you were able to join us today, but I'm grateful for the work that you're doing in order to change what is happening in this country, which is known as a public health crisis. So bravo to all of you, and thank you for your time. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Until next time, stay connected, stay engaged, and visit us on our website at www.acogny.org for more in our podcast series.